previously on. See you in another life, brothers. Yo, bro, check out this new tattoo I got. It's in Chinese. Nice. Hey, let me read it. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, um, hey, are you sure you know what that says? Of course I know what it says. It's who I am, man. Bro, I I just looked it up. It says, White Devil, Desecrator of Our Beloved Culture. Y- yeah, that's what it says, but that's not what it means. Wait, hey, why is your face so puffy? Is that blood? Oh, this is nothing. The tattoo artist just had a bunch of her friends beat me up. (laughs) Those guys are hilarious. That doesn't sound hilarious. If I were you, I'd want to fight those guys. Oh, no, no, no. We shouldn't fight. God loves you as he loves Jacob. Sure thing, Bobby. Just make sure you're not suppressing your rage or it might come out at random times. Now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I gotta go watch Stranger in a Strange Land. You got something to go watch, bro? Go watch it! And there's the rage. Ahoy! Welcome to... See you in another life, brothers. Doing a little nautical theme for this episode. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like it. Yes, I, I don't know. There's not that has nothing to do with this episode. I mean, I don't a little bit. Maybe he's on he's on a boat at the end, kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't it begin uh, with uh, Sawyer and Kate on the oh, yeah. on the boat, and he's so it begins kind of... and ends with people at sea. So hey, there we go. It works. Ahoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to uh, Ahoy. Hey there, gosh golly, <laughs> Ahoy, mateys. I'm the, I'm the, like the really uh, wimpy pirate that no one wants to hang out with on the ship. Ahoy, mateys. Apparently, that's I only know this because Conan talked about it on his podcast at some point. But apparently, that's what they originally wanted the greeting to be on your phone when you would call someone is Ahoy, and then someone would respond and be like Ahoy, hoy. And that was, was supposed to be. <laughs> I, I remember him talking about that. Ahoy, so ahoy. as soon as you said that, that's that's where my mind went. Ahoy, 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 ahoy. Nice. Well, ahoy, everybody, and I hope you are all having a swell day. We're having a swell day because we get to talk about Stranger in a Strange Land, everyone's favorite episode of Lost. Yeah, everyone's favorite. I mean, universally beloved. Everyone, especially the flashbacks and uh, this mm. mystery, as you've mentioned before, mm-hmm. that finally gets solved. Where ja- where's what does Jack's tattoos mean? We are all wondering it. Every everyone, you know, a lot of people have issues with uh, which mysteries don't get solved and lost, and all of that sort of thing. You know, the the questions that are left open to interpretation. This episode. They promised three mysteries would be solved, and there you go. Everyone loves it because of that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tattoos and the other and the other two mysteries that uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think I okay, here's what I think. I think the three mysteries that they uh 
advertised in the promo for this episode uh, were uh, what do Jack's tattoos mean? What happened to the people who were kidnapped by the others? Mm-hmm. Oh, Which yeah. we don't really get an answer for. We yeah. we just know that they're still alive. Sure. Um, And then the other one, <laughs> the only one I could think of was like, why did Jack go to Thailand? <laughs> Because yeah. there's a there's a moment where uh, uh, we find that out. That's where he learned to play poker. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, or maybe it's why did Jack save Ben's life? Oh, that's yeah. answered. I guess I don't know. Not really, but yeah, that, that's yeah. a stretch mystery. <laughs> like that's just something we're kind of casually wondering about. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. And I think you wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the background, but yeah, this is the episode and this is Mm -hmm. kind of the stretch of season three where it was pretty clear that, yeah, we're starting to, it's getting a little sweaty. The show is like, we're, we're running out of ideas for these flashbacks. I mean, there's a few other ones that are better as far Mm -hmm. as flashbacks goes. Like even think of like Perion with Claire, when we're going to get to it in a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. Eh, those flashbacks are, I mean, Okay, we get we find out about a, a, something pretty staggering there. We'll spoil it if anyone doesn't know about that. Clark's father, anyone? But um, mm-hmm. it just felt a little weird. And then we get to expose, which is kind of like the penultimate. Like, okay, yeah, just let's st- let's <laughs> these flashbacks have gone on too long. Let's maybe we should do some flash forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting because I was looking up. I had I had known, and I've talked about before here where um damon lindelof has said before like you know there was kind of an eternal struggle between the producers and writers and the uh executives of the network abc Mm -hmm. and everything you know or yeah uh whatever studios and stuff but of of wanting to agree upon like can we decide when we're going to end the show so that we can craft the story along those lines and apparently, I, w- I was reading an interview with him. Uh, I don't have the source from this pulled up. Uh, I just took a screenshot of it, of the quote that I wanted to read. But uh, Damon Lindelof kind of pointed to this episode and said, uh, quote, if Stranger in a Strange Land, which universally is considered uh, the worst episode we ever produced, had not been produced, we would not have been able to convince the network that this is the future of the show how Jack got his tattoos. Um, and then he, he later says, uh, if that episode hadn't been made, we weren't, we weren't able to get a notes call that said, we don't like this episode and where we could then say, we don't like it either, but it's the best we could do. Uh, and so basically he's saying, you know, they, this was the episode that they were able to point to with the network and both be like, okay, we don't like where we've, we've ended up now. Mm-hmm. Can you let us agree upon how we can work towards an ending of the series? Sure. So it's kind of interesting that the dislike for this episode was enough. Like the, the writers didn't feel like they were satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. And the network and the reviewers and stuff were like, we don't like this. And so they were all kind of able to say like, okay, if it will help you guys to know when when it will end, then let's start working towards that now. Yeah. So I just think it's kind of in- in- interesting that this episode for for its flaws kind of allowed the writers to say like we're we're doing our best, <laughs> you know. 
that seems all accurate. I mean, as far as like mm-hmm. what I could, what you feel with it, and you're watching it, and you're going. I, I and it's interesting. This one, personally for me, you know, going in, I didn't have much expectation for it. I know it's Stranger in a Strange Land. Mm-hmm. I remember kind of what happened, and the first time I'm watching it, I kind of felt like, yeah, this feels like very like sort of an unnecessary episode. Um, as far mm-hmm. as it, it seems like almost you could watch it one way and think we're kind of backtracking where Jack, you know, at the end of um, not in Portland, he has that scene with Juliet where he, mm-hmm. he discovers that Juliet's on his side basically. And then in this episode, it seems like he's, he's cold to her again and you're going, mm-hmm. wait a second. And it seems like he just makes that same, has that same epiphany in this episode yeah. again. It's like, it, it, nothing changes actually they backtracked and then do it again so i can see that and i can see that, that that that's it's clear that the writers were like we need some conflict so it can't just mm-hmm. be like jack's on juliet's side we've got to make jack cold to her for some reason um so from a full-on narrative uh, arc of the series standpoint this thing is like taking two steps back and then one step forward um mm-hmm. but on the second viewing and when i watch it for what it is I do love this episode for what it says specifically about Jack, the Mm. statement it makes about Jack and about him as a leader. Um, Mm. Because that's, you know, Ashira in the episode says, he's like, sure, you're a leader and that makes you angry. And that, and she, she basically just will talk about it when we talk about that scene and the flashbacks make that seem seem like it's, you know, him, him forcing her to tell him who he is and then, you know, putting that on him and then getting the crap you get out of him. It makes it seem like, oh, that's a bad thing. But then on the island, it's it seems like he's turned that around and it's become a strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, that's why he says that's what they say. It's not what they mean, which I really like that line. And it's really cool yeah, when you I actually like watch this for when you watch this episode contained for what it is without thinking about the overall story of loss even though I think you watch it and think about the overall Jack, you know, who Jack is as a character, Mm -hmm. this is actually one of the more, the stronger episodes for him and defining Mm. why Jack is a good character. Because I Mm. think we get a lot of Jack episodes where Jack is a, he's a, you know, he's, he doesn't have what it takes or he's just burnt (laughs) out and he, you know, he tackles his father or he just makes boneheaded, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) breaks up with Sarah and, gets divorced and everything this episode actually is like this is why we love jack so sorry going on a little bit there but that that's kind of my overall thoughts on this episode as we get into it i do i do uh agree there there are some there are some good parts of this episode it's not a even lost you know at, at what is quote unquote it's worst you know i don't i don't know if this is the worst episode or anything but like even when Lost is having an off day, there's still some really good stuff, and that mm-hmm. it, that's because it's just a great show. The stuff of Sawyer and Carl is really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> I, yeah. I love Sawyer in this episode. Sawyer is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's redeeming qualities. There's interesting things with like Tom, even. Um, yeah, just a, kind of a sub small subplot where Tom's kind of wondering what's going on, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, so. We get to meet the sheriff, right? Everyone's then, favorite character, the sheriff. <laughs> we get to meet her and then never see her again. <laughs> it's like, 
the, just, oh, wait, we need a, you can tell that the writers were getting kind of late. And we're like, what if they just have a sheriff? Okay. <laughs> They're just late one night, like, let's throw a sheriff in there. Do we need to ever have her back? No, yeah, no, no, we no. don't. Just one episode with the sheriff. That's, that's all we need. They even Our, give her a name, like Isabel, and like, like it, it's almost as if they were thinking, well, maybe we'll keep her going. But then the, it's probably because the network hated this so much that they got notes on her and they're like, we really hate that character. And they're like, okay, we're just not gonna, we're gonna just yeah. let her go. And, and it's not like, it's not like she does a bad job, but like no. the actress is great. She's fine. It's just, she just happened to be in a very easy to dislike episode. <laughs> so, uh, you want to talk about this thing? Let's do it. All right. I think we should just start with Jack. I want to, as I mentioned to you before the episode, let's just talk about Jack on the island. These flashbacks, um, mm-hmm. we can mention them here and there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> full disclosure, I think both of us are on the same page. There's not much to this. He meets a girl on a beach and in Thailand and, uh, you know, has a couple soda pops, flies a mm-hmm. kite, uh, mm-hmm. some Thai food um you know goes and uh uh stays with her for a while and uh-huh. then gets the crap beat out of him oh and then he gives the tattoo between them. yeah there's pretty much it's pretty much just the like the only <laughs> really the significant parts of it are like hey jack is for some reason not in america now you know like he's he's mm-hmm. somewhere else um he doesn't want to talk about his father, you know, it, it, like that's the one reference we get to like something in his life at this point. Mm-hmm. And then the whole scene with the, him insisting on her doing the tattoos, even though, you know, uh, it's frowned upon uh, in her community and everything that she would do that for an outsider. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. You know, well, maybe how about yeah, there are a few things with these flashbacks. I know we're... Mm-hmm. So, the things I want to point out um, are in that scene that you're talking about where she, you know, he starts talking about his father and she says, I have no interest in your father. Um, mm-hmm. Have no interest in your past or anything. Um, there's a line in there that I, I didn't even write it down, but I was thinking about it last night that's actually rather significant where she says you're here to find yourself aren't you and she Mm -hmm. goes he goes why would you say that she's like you're an american sort of like the the subtle the the cultural thing in these flashbacks is important the strange land Mm. if you will of the stranger um it's clear that it's very subtle but it's clear that he goes to this place where they have a disdain for Americans it's that they'll tolerate them and as Jack points out later the other important line is when he says well when he goes to the tattoo parlor not the tattoo parlor she's not a tattoo artist I'm sorry um <laughs> the the see you and put stuff on your body parlor um mm-hmm. he, he says she's she tells him about her gift and then she says she can't do it because you're an outsider. And then Jack says, oh, so you can sleep with me. Mm. Which is a rather mm-hmm. important. 
thing. He's Jack. It's subtle, but he sees the disdain they have for his culture, and they're just basically using him. Mm. Is kind of what he finally he comes to. Sort of like I'm. I've come here to try to find myself, get away, and get to a different culture, and. I'm I'm going through some stuff, it's clear. But all you want to do, Ashira, is as she says in the scene where she comes in at night, just let's just have fun. Let's mm-hmm. just have fun. I'm using you. Jack won't ha- Jack sees kind of sort of like an injustice in that. And mm. that causes him to push. Like, no. I'm gonna get this. You're gonna tell me who I am and you're gonna mark me because dang it. I've come here to find myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's like, um, you can see, you can see the character motivations in that yeah. and everything. And you can, you can kind of see where Jack works his way up to feeling kind of, uh, indignant because yeah, like she, he, he's been like staying with her. She's been coming and going and stuff. And, uh, he's been there for, some time at this point um enough to feel like he is entitled to you know be marked or whatever yeah. you know to to uh, participate in that um and at the same time i've always <laughs> whenever like i feel like this scene in the in the not tattoo parlor um yes. it it is like the most important scene in the flashbacks i feel like you know because this is like where it happens but I always cringe when I get to it because I'm like, oh man, he's just like forcing her to do something she's not supposed to do for barely any reason at all, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Jack, don't, what are you doing? You know? Well, I think there's a detail like that kind of explains this at the beginning of the scene when he's out and they're out in the street, he's mm-hmm. drinking. He's got yeah. a, you know, a bottle and that made me think the significance of that. Um, it makes me think of Christian Shepherd and why did mm-hmm. Christian Shepherd drink? He drank because he didn't have what it takes to let go. Mm. The only way he could let go was by drinking. So Jack is drinking. You could, I, Matthew Fox put, does some really interesting work without saying anything in that scene. Because he's mm. looking at her and he drinks and he kind of, he's, you can tell there's an inner battle within him. He's like, let it go, Jack, sort of like a Christian chef, like his father's yeah. telling him to let it go. And he's trying to drink like his father did, but he just pushes through it. And that's, that's Jack's curse, as you're saying, it's mm. uncomfortable because Jack is pushing, but it's also sort of his blessing and mm. and so she says in the scene she's basically describing what's going on with him here she says um you're a leader a great man but this makes you lonely and frightened and angry it's like you know you need to you, you know you're destined for something great mm. and that's why you push that's why jack can't let go he knows he's destined to save I think mm-hmm. like the ultimate, like if you're talking like yeah. a savior, like it's almost like that's his destiny. And Jack just can't 
he can't be the guy who lives in the bungalow on the beach and goes out to the kid and goes to and flies a kite every day. Uh-huh. It's like he he's and the, and the the guys beating him up at the end are almost like mercy because it's like Jack smack some sense into you. You have to get off this beach. You have to go back to your destiny. You don't belong here, mm-hmm. basically. So it's almost it's a it's a curse because it's uncomfortable here and you feel bad for Ashira. Yeah. Because, but it's also Jack's blessing, and it's also he you know the whole cultural thing like these people they have their own culture and they're kind of isolated from and Jack is kind of like I don't want to be that I don't want to be isolated mm. I want to actually go and achieve my destiny and live together yeah it's interesting and I I I love the I love looking at what uh Atra says about him in the grand scheme of of the whole show and you know like his trajectory as a as a character and Mm -hmm. sure we'll get into this more when we talk about on the island you know his the meaning and the the words and everything of his tattoo but yeah when she says you are a leader a great man but this makes you lonely and frightened and angry and all Mm -hmm. of that i just think there's something so cool about Obviously, I mean, we're talking about the whole show. Spoilers, yes. though, for uh, the final uh, episode. But mm-hmm. um, the idea that Jack, his like ultimate destiny is to be the leader who goes off on his own and mm-hmm. dies for the sake of his people, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Like, you know, it's like like a blessing and a curse to know that this is who you are like fundamentally you know in your bones this is who you are and it's Mm -hmm. also like what he will end up doing as like his ultimate act you know uh of of uh caring for others Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just kind of so i do like that moment in the grand scheme of the show for sure yeah it gives new significance to like lines like sarah saying you will always need something to fix yeah it seems like it's such a crutch and a bad thing but when she says that it's like jack i know you we can't be together because there's you i can tell there's something beyond that you still need to do um Mm -hmm. and that's separating him from other people so yeah it's it's both a gift and a curse for sure yep Mm -hmm. it is his gift it is his curse he is (laughs) spider-man wait what no (laughs) sorry my toby mcguire spider-man reference for the episode he slowly walks away looking into the camera and then uh (laughs) then we get a montage of him running around the island doing flips and stuff yes perfect you want to do a spider-man podcast Yes. Let's do it. Anyway, that's for another show. So there you go. We didn't have anything to say about the flashbacks, and now we just spent a good 10, 15 minutes talking about the flashbacks. So that's true. They're not bad. They're They're they're, not bad. It's just not great. (laughs) They're painful, especially them getting his butt kicked at the end, but Yeah. I one one other thing that I found funny about the the flashbacks or just kind of interesting is that okay you know that his tattoo is actually i i don't know if i knew this before looking up stuff about this episode that 
those are actually Matthew Fox's real tattoos. Like, oh, okay. On his shoulder, like the whole thing you see there is like actually his real. I wondered tattoos. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they originally just said, um, like in the first episode, they were like, um, "Should we cover this up with makeup?" And they're like, "Nah, that's gonna be." too much work and it would be interesting to just make that part of his character you know he's a doctor and he's got tattoos you know um but uh it's interesting the tattoo actually doesn't mean what they say it means (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the the actual words are not real like accurate um in the episode what i guess what it actually translates to is something about eagles like cleaving the sky or something like flying high mm-hmm. um and it's like a line from a a poem mm-hmm. um but i thought that was interesting because it's kind of cool that i don't know if this was purposeful or not but his kite looks kind of like a bird yeah. and that's what what he begins the episode with is flying a kite that looks like a bird flying in, in the sky and stuff and mm-hmm. i was like it's kind of cool that that's actually what his tattoo means in real life and that was included in the flashback so yeah and like a bird he can't stay he must fly away leave this leave this country and never come back so it kind of works yeah i figured i (laughs) you're funny i was thinking about that i just for a second i'm like wait did they they put those tattoos on him for the show and like no Mm -hmm. that that can't be uh that's so they must just been his real his real tattoo it's funny that there's a five on there like yeah to count to five i wonder if that's they were like oh yeah i didn't i didn't i always thought i always noticed that i'm thinking well it's this thing count five but that's cool i uh i when i was looking up stuff about the episode someone pointed out online that um somewhere that his number is 23 and if you add two and three then it's five so it's like oh that works (laughs) so yeah so those are the flashbacks the island stuff, like I said, I find this just kind of fascinating what Jack goes through here. As we start the episode, we find him, you know, once again in the underwater prison, uh, back to where he started, frustrated. And when Tom comes in, I I think uh, the thing to point out is that Jack assumes that the others are going to kill him um and tom feels rather insulted by that like tom yeah. it's clear that he's well, yeah what, what 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 kind of people do you think we are jack and jack points it out kind of just like <laughs> states the facts at tom and i think like I was saying, the thing about Tom in this episode and the thing about the others, not just Tom, Alex, Mm -hmm. I mean, a bunch of different characters. They're all kind of, um, one living in denial and two mystified Mm -hmm. by Jack. And I think Tom is, you know, he, when you, when you actually state the facts to him, like you guys kidnapped kids and (laughs) you know, uh, hung charlie from a tree kidnapped a pregnant woman woman um he goes wait a second but but he can't he can't let that in basically 
mm-hmm. and Jack is the the he walks among us, but he's not one of us. He's better than that. He's mm. and the others feel like they're holier than thou, but Jack is pointing out their hypocrisy kind of in that in mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I love that is one thing that I do like about this episode throughout is um I I like the examination of Jack as a character. Um, Mm. and I like that we learn, like, we get a little bit more of the curtain pulled back on, like, the others throughout the episode. Like, that's a, that's a cool part of this, um, through not just, like, oh, they have a sheriff or whatever, you know, like, they, and they have a trial, you know, and all that stuff, but, like, yeah, we, we see how Tom is offended (laughs) when Mm -hmm. Jack says, you know, like, you gonna just kill me now you know and um yeah i think i think throughout tom's reactions and other people's reactions to stuff and just how they handle things is is interesting mm-hmm. um the aside from that the part of this scene that i always think about is just how weird the line reading yeah, yeah, yeah. is when tom is like why don't i get you some stones and he looks at him and i'm like what 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 do you mean <laughs> I mean, I, I know what you mean, but why would you say it that way? I might be... Yeah, I <laughs> I wrote that line down because I've never understood it. Like, okay, so you're just going to... You're going to get him free of the... the Where you're keeping him and moving somewhere else, basically? Is that what you mean? It, yeah, and it's it's like <laughs> I get the... Maybe there's like a metaphorical thing about like, don't throw stones in glass houses or whatever but like i don't know that's just kind of a weird way to put it <laughs> yeah it's a weird line i think it's it's an example of why this episode is just kind of they were running on fumes a little bit yeah yep but the other thing i wanted to say about this scene is yeah when he says you're gonna kill me right and then tom is silent and he kind of has this look he's he's insulted by it but he's mm-hmm. also um he he knows what's really going on and it's not jack that's going to die but juliet and i think jack uh, reacts to his look of kind of thinking that oh it's me they're gonna kill no it's juliet and jack doesn't realize that so you got the kind of the irony here mm-hmm. of jack not not quite realizing yet and that kind of fuels the episode because i think jack doesn't realize that kind of the stakes for another mm-hmm. character yet. And uh, yep. that kind of sets it up right there. Yep. So that brings us to that next scene. Once again, Tom. Um, well, Tom bringing Jack a sandwich and not grilling it. Come on, Tom. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. I would have died if Jack had said, what are you doing at that moment? <laughs> Should've. That would have been amazing. I do think that uh, Matthew Fox did the best he could with the line <laughs> he was supposed to say there. Juliet grilled these for me feels very out of like, that's the thing you're concerned about right now, Jack. <laughs> it is weird because he has to say that because later on, Juliet says, I heard you like these grilled. And it's sort of like a, a Chekhov's gun sort of thing. He has to mention the sandwich so they can introduce the scene with the sandwich line at yeah. the end. 
but it just feels very forced and Matthew Fox does the best he can there. The way I've always uh, looked at that scene uh, in an admittedly silly way is that um, you can't really see what sort of sandwich he hands him, Mm -hmm. but I know that she has made him a grilled cheese before. Mm -hmm. And if, if he handed him two slices of bread with cheese in the middle, (laughs) then I would be rightfully pissed that it wasn't grilled as well (laughs) so that's what i'm imagining he handed him just like slices of bread with cheese in the middle man you just can give me a cheese sandwich just a cheese who does that the cheese it's a cheese sandwich we're not gonna kill you jack we're gonna make you wish you're dead (laughs) it's two pieces of wonder bread with a craft single in the middle are you kidding me that's what that's what it should have been. He should have that's, just they should they should have a deleted. I hope they do. Maybe there's a deleted scene where it's like a two minute like <laughs> roast of Tom. Like, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But anyway, so that's what happened in my mind. Yes, yes. But the moment where Tom then where where Jack points out that. You're saying that like you're not, you know, watching me on the camera. And then Tom goes, oh, Ben told me you got in the surveillance room kind of, you know, smirking because we know what that means. Like, you saw your girl with someone else, basically. Um, And that's an important part because it's, it's bringing back that whole thing, bringing that up. And then Tom's question, let me ask you something. You risk your life to cut them loose and they run away and never come back. He doesn't get any further because Jack's just cutting him off at the, thanks for the sandwich. That's significant because Tom, and I think this is the problem with him and all of the others. They've been, the way I see that they're under the leadership of Ben Linus, a man who leads through manipulation and getting whatever he wants. So if Mm. your leader's living like that, everyone kind of follows and, and has that same sort of mindset. I feel like it's infected the others because Tom can't understand how someone could do something so selfless because what Jack did was very much selfless. He's like, I'm going to risk it, uh, risk letting Ben die so that they can get out um really i mean there is something in it for him because he's going to escape but it mm-hmm. to tom it feels like she just you know cheated on you basically even though they're not together and right. you're still gonna save her and jack doesn't dignify it with an answer because he's you people make me sick basically because yeah. you're so selfish but jack is selfless Mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like it also there's something where to me this scene builds on the previous scene mm-hmm. because um jack it feels like when he says like all right you know you're you're gonna kill me aren't you you know it feels like he uh has accepted that that is a very real possibility you mm-hmm. know in the way that he says that line like all right i guess i'm I guess I'm dead, right? Um, And now Tom is, I feel like, building off of that moment and saying, like, so you risk yourself to cut them loose and they never turn back, you know, to, you know, look for you or anything. Um, 
and you are totally okay with even dying on their yeah. behalf, you know? And yeah, he can't wrap his mind around that sort of selfless act. Like, like you mm-hmm. were saying, like, and yeah, that's the difference. It's interesting. Yeah. It's the difference between Ben and Jack as the leaders of their groups that Jack would put his life on the line to save others. And Ben would kill everyone to save himself, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going on that theme, moving into even the next scene where Juliet comes and asks mm-hmm. him to look at the, the photo. Um, and, you know, you, you find the scene weird, I think, when you first watch because you'd feel like, you know, Jack had that scene, like we said, not in, not in Portland at the end, where it's like, shouldn't Jack be on Juliet's side now? But mm-hmm. he's not. And I think you can explain it with that same framework where um, Juliet says, I'm not asking it to, you to do it for them or him. I'm asking you to do it for as a personal favor to me. And then Jack says, wait, okay, hold on a second. You want me to help him again? Are you sure about his laugh? He, he, he's, he's exasperated by it because the way Jack sees it, Juliet has just been manipulating him to get whatever she wants. Cause you know, she told him at first to kill him. And then she's, and then she yeah. wants it. He kind of, she turned back on him and turned again. It's just, it seems like she's the same as all these other others where they're just doing it for themselves basically. And she is here, but it's because, I mean, it's her life at stake basically. So, yeah. but Jack still doesn't realize that. So that's the, that's why he doesn't help her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it makes sense when you think about it from that, when you frame it that way. Mm-hmm. I My problem with this scene has been mainly uh, that Juliet doesn't like put all the cards on the table. Yeah. Because when, when she says, I just killed someone, you know, and all that stuff, he says, who? And she says, it's complicated. And part of me wonders if... Um, well, no, that doesn't make sense. I was going to I was going to say maybe she doesn't want to like, you know, confess to the crime in front of other people, but she oh, did true. just say I killed someone. <laughs> you know, so it's like and he's dead. So like obviously, you know. But um th- yeah, I guess that's that's maybe my main issue is just like why didn't she say I killed one of my own people to save your people? But yeah, I mean that's that's what ultimately turns Jack when he realizes that she was doing it to mm-hmm. help Sawyer and Kate. Um, that's kind of what turns him. I feel like it's, there's a little more to it, but yeah, yeah, it, it feels like that she's restrained here just for the sake of the plot, you know, uh, because yeah. just, we need to keep the the tension going for a little while longer before Jack finally turns and decides to help her instead. Um, yeah. and, and at the same time, you could give the writers some credit as far as Juliet's character. She doesn't like to talk about the fact that she killed someone because that's just, she's still, that's, she's not used yeah. to death. <laughs> now she's a murderer. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a huge thing. And she just wants Jack's help. And she feels like, you know, maybe they had a connection, but clearly Jack is, Jack's kind of burnt out on these others at this point. Um, fed up with, just the cycle of manipulation and being, you know, carted back and forth to different places and just feeling used 
mm-hmm. like you like you felt used by Ashira, basically. Like, you, yeah. you're gonna help me. No, you can sleep with me, but you can't like help me figure out who I am. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on, people. What are you doing? What are you doing? But that. So this isn't the first time we. This is the next scene. We meet the sheriff. We've seen her. The we saw sheriff. her. The sheriff. We saw her walking out when Jack was being taken out and Juliet's been putting put in. And we're like, who's this lady? And now we get to know that her name is Isabel. Remember that name? Important name. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, guys. Everything she says is going to be really important for future episodes. You just wait. (laughs) But she is important for this scene. Yeah. Where she says, you know, she's talking about the the tattoos. I like how they introduce her speaking first in Chinese. And you're going, wait, what? Is this a character that just speaks Chinese? Because we haven't heard her talk yet. (laughs) I've always thought that. It's kind of funny. Like, wait, who is this? That would be pretty funny, too. <laughs> Especially since it's a, a white woman, you know, blonde mm-hmm. hair and everything. Yeah. Just, she only speaks Chinese. Mm-hmm. For some reason, she's the sheriff. Out of the blue, and there's no subtitles. It's just a character that <laughs> speaks in Chinese. We just have to deal with this. Yes. But her lines about it, where she says, the Chinese I find a bit iron- ironic, and uh, kind of going... Hmm. You know what it means, Jack? Sort of like her, you know, Chinese is a very complicated language. It's common for things to get lost in translation. I think her, her statements about this are sort of kind of like, um, she knows it means he walks among us, but he's not one of us. And I think she thinks he got these tattoos because he thinks they're good but it's not mm. good, Jack, to walk among us and not be one of us. You should be one of us, Jack, sort of like almost. And Chinese is a complicated. Maybe you thought it means something endearing, but it's actually very much in, very much, um, not not a good thing. And yeah. then Jack, but Jack is still holding to, he he knows it's, it's, it's who he is and it's actually a blessing instead of a curse. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the back and forth going here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's part of him that, you know, it's not it's not supposed to like she's looking at it, yeah, like you're saying, as a potential misunderstanding or whatever, thinking that this is a positive thing. And I feel like Jack views it more as like a, a definition of yeah. who he is. Not not like a it's not like a fortune cookie thing, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like this is this is a um I don't know. Like I part of me feels like he views it less as a um positive like destiny sort of thing so much as like this is my core, who I am. Mm-hmm. The good and the bad, all of it together sort of thing. Um and this is what defines me, you know. But yeah. Um yeah. So Yeah, he's very much He's not budging on that, basically. He's mm-hmm. not going to let her throw doubt into his mind. Jack has a strong 
foundation of character that we see here. Like, you know, whether it's good or bad, I think there's there's something about like Jack's steadfastness that is important. Mm -hmm. And that's something the others look at and go, huh, kind of like they're, they're, they're from the outside going, what's with this guy? I mean, come on, just like he, he still refuses to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's why this next scene happens. Mm. I think that's why the writers decided to, other than, hey, another mystery we can solve. This scene, when we get Cindy and all the all these, it seems so dreamlike, right? Where oh, yeah. he wakes up and they're just all standing there. Uh-huh. Just all these people from the plane that, you know, they're there. And they're just kind of watching, mm-hmm. right? Cindy says, we're here to watch Jack, or we're here to watch Jack, basically. Wait, one of the uh-huh. two ways you go. And I think the reason they're there to watch is because the others are like, look at what happens when you mm-hmm. don't comply. Mm. When you don't follow us. When you don't bow the knee to... Ben Linus and his uh, kingdom, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Because they all have. Like, as Jack says, I thought you were taken, captured. And she's like, it's, it, it's, they're not, she starts saying, they're not, like, they're not cap, they're not our rulers, our enslavers. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we, they took us. And then they said, like, as Carl, jump into that for a second, as Carl says, we give you a better life. They told us this is the better life to just, you know, yeah. kind of uh, live as the others. And they just accepted mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think I haven't I haven't completely landed on on mm-hmm. the interpretation uh, of like what it means when she says we're, we're here to watch, because I think there is part of it where it's like. We're here to watch you and yeah, like, like you were saying, you know, have, have a, uh, have a look at what it's like for someone who doesn't have this better life that they've been given, you know? Yeah. Uh, part of me also feels like, are they there to be part of the proceedings about Juliet and stuff oh, to like yeah. watch that sort of stuff? Sure. Um, and, but they were like told to like wait by this guy and all, and still get like a, a view of him. But, um, either way, yeah, I, I do like the dreamlike state of this sort of scene of just like, okay, wait. So all these people are still alive. The kids are safe, apparently, you know, but like, what does life actually look like for them? And that's, that's all we get, you know? Um, Yeah. I, I like that they tease us a little bit with that. Um, just showing us like they're, they're fine. They're all in nice clean clothes. They look like they're better off. So chew on that for a while, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But are they better off? And right. I think the more I think about this and sort of the context of the show, like why did they take these people? Why mm. did they decide to grab these people? And you know, you say, well, Jacob made a list. And we're like, 
Jacob did not make a list. Ben mm-hmm. Linus made a list. Mm-hmm. And Ben Linus is a he's a keen study of people, sort of like a Sawyer. He understands who is easy to manipulate, who is easy to make follow me. And mm-hmm. those were the ones. It's not that it, it, he doesn't pick these other characters that we've come to know. And these other characters all seem very flawed. But they also have strong wills. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a thing in the Bible where it says, you know, where God says, you are neither hot nor cold. You are lukewarm, so I will spit you out of my mouth. It's like Ben Linus says, you are neither hot nor cold. So, yes, come with me because you're just <laughs> you're just a sap. Basically, you're manipulated. You're you sure. are going to go along and be like sheep. And it's almost comical how Jack says, you got something to go watch. Go watch it. And then they all just walk <laughs> away like, yep. All right. It's almost like the. <laughs> our, our arrested development reference for the episode where it, oh yeah wasn't it all the um the people on the tour it was it, it's the bluth company and they're all like sheep mm-hmm. basically that episode where it's like they're little sheep and you just <laughs> these people are just sheep they're just gonna go along but jack isn't a sheep he has a strong will mm-hmm. and that's why ultimately jacob did put him on the list mm the real Jacob wants people who are like that. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, going on and on. But no, I think you think about that. It's so interesting. I'm so, I'm so curious to see when we get to, you know, when much further down the road, the next time we see C- Cindy uh, and the others and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, You know, it's like, I, that's one of those like subplots of the series that, I don't remember all the details so much of, but uh, like I'm, I'm excited to eventually get there too. And, and to talk about like, okay, so yeah, this is, this is where all of this connects and stuff. Cause aren't they like at the temple or something? You're right. They are. I I forgot about that. I thought, do we see Cindy again? Yes, we do. We see her in six uh, season six, but. uh... And so part of me is also thinking about her, like, you know, they're just following and they're just doing all this stuff. And apparently at some point they're also just kind of sitting around at the temple because that's the place they're supposed to wait or sure. something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, they're just kind of cast aside, you know, and, and just told mm-hmm. to, you know, just exist, you know? Yeah. But they're comfortable, but are they really living? Like you said, mm-hmm. the question, mm-hmm. like, I mean, these castaways that we've gotten to know, they're not, you know, living the good life necessarily, but at least they're not under the thumb of a cruel manipulator that Ben Linus. So, yeah. But um, the only other thing I think to say about this scene is, uh, hey, look, it's the kids. And they want to know about Anna Lucia. <laughs> I that love scene, that moment every time just gets me. Like oh, I love that because the it's so it's so dark, yeah. but um the the way Jack reacts Matthew Fox's reaction is mm-hmm. perfect. Just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, get out of here. Seriously, just that's like the worst, <laughs> the worst 
worst, just the absolute worst. And those poor kids, like, they just want to know, but, and then yeah. they get yelled at by burnt out Jack. That uh, Subjecting children to burnt out Jack is just, that's just cruel. Yeah. Not okay. Not okay. So Jack, confused, now even more confused, burnt, even more burnt out, and kind of left to wonder. And I think in that spirit, maybe we should uh, kind of simmer down a little bit because we're mm-hmm. getting all worked up, and maybe maybe it's time for a break. So, yeah, yeah let's take it. Let's take a break. Cool down a little bit. Um, okay. Like like I'll Cindy. Try. Like Cindy, uh, I think we both just let's go. We got got something to watch. Let's go watch it. I don't know. <laughs> and we'll be right back with more. See you in another life, brothers. After this. Welcome back to see you in another life, brothers. So when we last left Jack, he was uh, frightened, confused, angry. Uh, basically, for Jack, we call that Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now he's had the chance to simmer down a little, as we have. And uh, who should he be greeted with next? It's almost like... He's been greeted with two spirits, and now here's the third spirit of the night. <laughs> here's Alex coming in, coming in hot. Alex is coming in hot, throwing a rock at a camera, and mm-hmm. coming in with a bunch of questions. Well, one question, really. Uh, why? Why? Why <laughs> would you save my father? Why? It's a good question. It's a pretty good question. I mean, why would you save Ben Linus's life? No, I don't mean to be grumpy, but part of me yeah. like this scene just because it feels like mm-hmm. it's an excuse for for her to eventually let Jack out and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't really feel like she needs to come and ask him why. <laughs> but the redeeming part of it to me is that she is supposed to be a teenager. You know, and she's supposed to be moody and everything. So she would just come in and like break the camera and be like, why would you do this? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but my my initial response to this scene is always just kind of like this. This feels like an excuse for the conversation to get where it goes, (laughs) you know? Yeah. From an overall perspective, this is a this scene feels unnecessary and weird. Um, I get. Yeah, it's just kind of a question that doesn't seem like she'd need to know the answer to, like you're saying. Um, yeah. I think from an over, from a perspective of the sh- the episode, and just looking at this episode, like I said, as an island, as a character exploration of Jack, and as kind of an exploration of who these others are, mm-hmm. I think this question goes right along with the theme we've been talking about, where the others are, they they don't understand why someone would do something where there's no clear inherent reward for them necessarily, or they're oh, do something for someone who doesn't like through who's clearly against them. Like, why would you save your enemy's life? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack's answer, just plain and simple, like, and she points out too something that we pointed out before. So it's kind of important, like. He starts to fix Ben before he knows his friends are even gone or got safe. He's he's fixing him. Yeah. Um, and Jack says, I saved your father because I said I would. 
and Alex can't accept that answer, of course, but that's an important statement about Jack. It's like Jack's purpose is not to manipulate to get his own way, but his purpose as he, he understands, he deeply understands it in his character. His purpose is to save. And so he can't go against his character. It's like Juliet said in the episode in not in Portland, he won't just let someone die. That's true. It's just Jack. That's who Jack is. So in that sense, as a statement about Jack, I love it because that's what we love about Jack. It goes all the Mm -hmm. way back to the beginning. He's the one who's running toward the burning wreckage to save people. He's not looking out for himself. He's looking out for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I love, I love Jack's response, especially because, um, even building off of what you, you know, pointed out with Juliet saying like, he won't, he will never let someone just die. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is because he's a doctor, right? Like he, he took an oath, you know, to yeah. like, n- you yeah. know, do no harm and all that stuff. But, um, I like the fact that that's not what Jack answers. You know, he doesn't just say like, I, I'm a doctor. I, you know, mm-hmm. a man is dying in front of me. I'm going to save him. But instead, like he's a man of his word. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's cool that that's, that's the motivation he points to as, as the thing that, that caused him to do it. And then the other aspect of the scene that Alex, Alex serves an important role other than getting him out of the cage of actually like, slapping some sense into him and saying, Hey, Juliet's going to die because of you basically like, yep. because you were the one that hatched this scheme and got her caught in the middle of it. And then she, um, had to do well. I think that, that, that wakes Jack up, um, whether or not he needed, he should have needed to be woke, woken up. Like we said, this episode kind of doesn't seem necessary because he shouldn't kind of already know that Juliet's on his side and right. probably, he de- the, the thing is, he doesn't know necessarily, he, he has no idea when you think about, I think we take it for granted that he probably figures that his friends got got away. He doesn't necessarily know that they got away. Sure. Um, but this, she spells it out for him. He's, she's like, she basically took a life, something that's antithetical to who she is, to let your friends go free. So, mm-hmm. and then Jack realizes that he can't let more death come out of his decisions yeah yeah i feel like that's kind of a cool moment because part of you wonders if if he you know like obviously there's a realization of like oh juliet's life is on the line because of what she did to save sawyer and kate but also at the same time he has another opportunity to save someone's life you know it's it's another (laughs) instance where someone is before him whose life he could save and of course he's not gonna let her die you know so he has to do whatever he can because that's who jack is so alex gets him out of the cage and then we get the scene with ben and so i feel like here we are again this is one of the gifts and curses of close reading these episodes i don't know if you had the same thing with the line that's kind of a fun throw fun gag that we get here Uh where he says i'd be much more impressed with you people if you had a good surgeon and then ben says we had an excellent surgeon jack his name was ethan huh that's funny but also hey ben 
uh, a few days before a, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky, um, you found oh. out you had a tumor on your back. And then, so the plane falls out of the sky. And before you even know there's a spinal surgeon on there, who do you send to uh, infiltrate their camp? Probably on a death mission. The surgeon. The guy you probably need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't get. We shouldn't read this too closely because it ruins stuff. But it's a funny the, joke. Their problem is Ethan was their guy for everything. That's apparently, true. because That's true. W- like Ethan was apparently their surgeon. He was also like fixing someone's like plumbing, plumbing? and that yeah. one fix it. You know. Um. He also, I forget. Like it feels like he just. He also goes off the island to recruit people with Richard, apparently, mm-hmm. um, and and he's also like their best fighter hunter, you know, like all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. Because that's why they send him off, or like one of the best, you know, like to to infiltrate the camp and everything. But yeah, he's doing Claire. He's apparently an expert at yeah. you know, pregnancy and things like that and everything, and just all of it. Mm-hmm. He's a yeah. really sw- real Swiss Army knife, that Ethan. Yep, pretty much. Before we get too deep into this scene, too, I I also just got to point out right from the get go, um, <laughs> I I always laugh at the transition of bursting through the door. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that <laughs> with the needle, <laughs> like right in the nick of time. They are about to inject Ben with something, yeah. and they apparently don't know what they're doing. And yeah. he's like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's the one surgeon guy that apparently is the only other sur- the guy they have that works there. It's just like, I guess I'll just inject them with something now. I don't know. And that poor extra just kind of is standing there like with the needle. And then he just kind of is like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Once again, speaking of these people, they're just like listless saps. It's like, just don't yeah. do that. Okay, I won't do that then. Come on. I'd be much more impressed with you people if you had a good surgeon. I'm Jack. I'm here to kick butt and save lives, and I'm all out of butt kicking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, should have thought of, thought that through before I kicked through the door. Yes, exactly. Oh man, but yeah. So those are those are fun moments. But then we get down to brass tacks, and mm-hmm. Jack, uh, now fully determined to save Juliet, is going to use that as his. You know, I want something and you want something. So quid pro quo or squid pro row, if you will. Um, (laughs) And Ben, what I love about this scene is once again, we see how Ben is such a master manipulator, even in the vulnerable state he's in there, kind of, he, he, when you think about this from like a 3d chess perspective, like, okay, so they're going to take Juliet in to apparently execute her. You think about that from Mm -hmm. that perspective for a second, how is Ben going to get Jack to be his doctor again? Now that this is over, Mm -hmm. what's he got to hang over his head? Oh, maybe I'll just kill the woman who looks like his wife. His ex-wife. Uh, yeah. I think that's the whole, like, obvious. Well, obviously she killed a guy, so there, there's mm-hmm. the community whole thing. But I think Ben, you is using that here, 
clearly to get Jack to help him. Mm-hmm. I also think there's there's definitely I mean there's clear manipulation going on when he says uh, Juliet doesn't care about yes. you you know no matter uh, what she's done uh, no matter what you think she's one of us that yep. whole thing because I feel like there's you know it's like the reverse psychology yes, sort of thing that's exactly um, right. saying you know you, you think you can trust her but you can't and it's like actually he totally can't if anyone if there's anyone he can trust among the others it's definitely her <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um and it's it's cool to kind of see you know when when you know what's going on like yeah ben is just trying to he sees that jack maybe cares about her and so he's seeing uh an in with how he can manipulate jack or at least try to uh down the road so well, yeah, it's like it's almost like the um, don't go in there. Screw you. I'm going to go in there sort of thing is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, here. exactly. Like Juliet, don't 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 go after Juliet. She's one of us. Screw you, man. I'm going after her. Uh, and that <laughs> right. kind of seals the deal. Like Ben obviously wants Jack to help him. And so he's kind of even manipulating him here. And Jack mm-hmm. goes along with it because he just wants to get Juliet saved um, any way he can. I don't think Ben ever intended to let Juliet die. Um, I think he knew about it too. I think he was just waiting because he knew Jack mm-hmm. would be coming. Um, he's always, yeah. you know, just five steps ahead basically here. And so they get him something to write on and he writes the note and then they go and they give him the note Um and I want to take a moment to appreciate one of the greatest line deliveries in the history of Lost. <laughs> Let him go, Tom. What's going on, Alex? I just I don't know why. Every time I like, <laughs> this is the most. Let him go, Tom. What's going on, Alex? Just something about that just just makes me makes me smile. She knows <laughs> that she she's only got a few more seconds on this beloved series. She's got to milk it for all it's worth. She's going to be memorable. Dang it. She's eating up every second of screen time. She's got left her monotone delivery. Just unforgettable. (laughs) Isabel. Yes. But, um, so Ben commutes her sentence, but he also orders her to be mocked. Another great line delivery, by the way, by Isabel. I was about to say, that's the one I always think of where it's just, he has, however, ordered her to be marked. And you're just like, what? What is wrong with these people? (laughs) You know? Man, you guys are weird. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, take her to the police. She murdered someone. (laughs) You guys are weird. (laughs) We will put her... In the eternal sun chamber. <laughs> That's basically what they're doing here. No, she murdered someone. <laughs> for the listener, this is our obligatory community, community reference, reference for the episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that, just go watch. Go watch Community. Go watch season three of Community, and so good. Just delight in the weirdness. Um, but of getting back to you know marked. Um, it's Ben kind of reinforcing this thing that we find out how twisted it is, I think, in season four 
in an episode called The Other Woman where Ben's like, mm. you're mine, basically. Like, yeah, I own you. And he's kind of trying to remind Juliet of that by literally marking her, basically, is what, mm-hmm. the way I see this. It's, Ben's all about selfishness. He doesn't care that Danny got murdered or anything. It's just like, I want Juliet. And I want her to be mine, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's got to be something just... I mean, it's just... Like, you're, you're at the point of death and you're spared, but there's there's got to be a... I mean, it's obviously physically terrible, but a psychological thing of, like, this will always be with you. Yes. You know, like, what you have done. Um, uh, you've been branded, sort of thing. So... Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to the second to last scene with Jack, where um, you get Juliet coming out and giving him the grilled sandwich. Thank goodness. Thank goodness I got this grilled sandwich. All is right with the world. All is right with the world. And Jack begs Juliet to let him rub aloe on the the mark, uh, because Mm -hmm. once again, Jack always has to fix he always needs yep. something to fix, and this is once again something he needs to fix. He's found something he needs to fix again. I think he was getting that itch there for a while. And, okay, finally, I can, I can fix something. <laughs> My goodness. Perfect. Um, and then his reasoning. Why did you help me? And Jack says, he told you he was going to let you go home. He told me the same thing. We're going to make sure he keeps his word. And I think you pointed out before, Jack is a man of his word. Yeah. And so Jack's like, we're going to force Ben to be a man of his word because this is messed up. Like, I, we're going to write this crazy manipulative monster. We're going to make him bow to us, basically, and mm-hmm. finally do the right thing for once. For once in his weasley little life, we're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. I, that just that realization uh like of how how so much of the episode is kind of contrasting ben and jack but especially Mm -hmm. with like jack's realization of like uh with uh with alex you know he he kind of turns when he after he has said like i did it because i said i would do it and then he's going to make sure Ben saves Juliet and make sure he's a man of his word. Like that makes me appreciate the writing in this episode more yeah. than I did before. You know, like I, I really like that, um, that that is kind of like a through line of the episode, like that Jack and Ben are different people, you know, like the, the difference between the two of them, but Jack Jack is a man of his word and he's going to hold Ben to his word too. And I think that's a really cool, cool turning point uh, in, in his uh, demeanor in that. Yeah. And I think it makes like the, the last scene uh, when he, you know, he's walking to the boats and everything they're leaving there. Yeah. Really powerful. Uh, This scene where finally Isabel reveals what the tattoos mean. He walks amongst us, yet he is not one of us. Your tattoos, that's what they say. And Jack says, that's what they say. That's not what they mean. And then turns and walks. Well, I love the moment where he kind of nods at Ben 
when Ben's laying mm-hmm. there and Ben kind of almost sort of smile like a little bit. Ben is a little comforted. Mm. I think this, this episode kind of has an effect. If you can have an effect on Ben where mm. suddenly it, he realizes that this guy is actually trying to look out for my well-being here even though I've done so many horrible things to him. And then all the others watch Jack go and get on the boat with him and sit over him sort of like to watch over him. And it's sort of this powerful image of like, this man is my enemy, yet I will care for him. Yeah. And that is ultimately what that mean, what it means. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, he's not, he, he you know, one of the group in that he's a bad one person. He's actually good. And we're all mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we're following over here and uh-huh. he's sort of the, the, the exception that's actually giving hope. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I think that's really, that's a really cool way to view like the ending of the episode. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not a negative thing that he's mm-hmm. the stranger in the strange land, you know, that mm-hmm. he's, he's the one who's different, but there is something that um, has set him apart so that he, he needs to make the right decision. Even when other people are not, you know, even when he's in this community of people who are surprised when someone would, um, help their enemy or they would you know put their life on the line to save someone else he will still do that thing uh and that's because that's who he is um it's mm-hmm. a good thing um yeah i think that's really cool and that's why i think ultimately this is as far as jack episodes go this one on its own on an island i'd say is actually no pun intended on an island, by the way, um, uh, is, I mean, I don't know if I got to think of the other Jack episodes, but I really like it as a Jack episode. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. Obviously it's flaw and the flashbacks are, that, but as far as what it says about Jack, I love that because that is why we love Jack. Ultimately it mm-hmm. goes all the way back to the beginning. He's the one who ran into the burning you know, rubble, basically. He's the one who saves. He's the one who can't, he won't quit. He's the one mm-hmm. who pounded on Charlie's chest and just kept pounding because he's got to save his life. That's Jack. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately why he is the hero of the show. And so, and it's it's really encapsulated in this episode. So, Stranger yeah. in a Strange Land, not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's it's like, it's not, there are there are other jack episodes that as a whole are better you know like just in as an episode of lost you know like for mm-hmm. the full thing um but there are some really good strengths to this episode especially when it comes to um defining who jack is as as a person um mm-hmm. and i think that's a really cool part of it um yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happily surprised to find some things, even just like as we're talking now, like the things I've mentioned that like, oh, that actually makes this better than I thought it was. Uh and I shouldn't be surprised. The people who make Lost, even even on a bad day, are 
going to make something really good. <laughs> well, we'll leave Jack alone for now. Seems like he's got a long journey on that uh, that magical boat. That, that, by the way, at the end of this episode, I love that the musical in early two. Whenever Lost oh, yeah. on like a musical, sort of like an up talk, that's kind of nice. Um, and I do like mm-hmm. seeing all the characters and all that. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good trope to to revisit throughout the series. You know, like the the montage at the end. I also mm-hmm. I feel like the it's funny when you get to that moment in the episode where it's kind of like, oh, here's where everyone's at, you know, uh, as we close out this episode, um, you know, like the cynical part of me feels like uh, it, the whole episode, like when you get to that moment, it's like, man, this this really all feels like it was setting us up for future episodes yeah not really an episode on its own because it's just like all right here we finally got them moving forward uh to something else and it's like you know i like the character study aspect of the episode but you know there isn't part of it that feels like we just moved them all to now being able to move to the next story that's it yeah it doesn't move much it doesn't move the needle very far um Mm -hmm. but uh it's a nice little character study, like you're saying. That's that's the redeeming yeah. quality. I think, speaking of characters that we're studying here, Sawyer and Kate, we can spend a few minutes talking about them and their mm-hmm. roles in this episode. Uh, so we begin with them, obviously, canoeing to the to our island, the one we've come to know and love. Uh, mm-hmm. And Sawyer... Sawyer... In this episode is fascinating, and I really like him. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 an interesting thing to ex- explore because Sawyer is being a, the adult. <laughs> We're not used to this suddenly. Like mm-hmm. he's you know, Kate's like we need to go. We need to go back. We have to go back. By the way, we have to go back. Just dropping that line suddenly. <laughs> uh, wonder if that'll be echoed in future episodes. Hmm. Uh, interesting. But yeah, Sawyer, give me one good reason we need to turn around. And Kate Kate was convinced we have to leave, save Jack. We can't leave Jack behind. Yes, we can, because that's what he asked us to do. And I can't steer in the dark and all this, you know, being very rational about it, but also just mm-hmm. being firm. We're going to go kind of, I think this is starting the the Sawyer trajectory of becoming more and more the Lafleur, eventually, you know, the, the mature, yeah. he's, he he's, was the con man, the immature con man, but now he's, something's happened with him, obviously, obviously his relationship with Kate suddenly. And then. Yeah. I, yeah. I like the fact that, um, you know, it, it almost feels like Sawyer after going through almost dying, you know, like thinking he was pretty much dead, um it it feels like uh everything he's been through in the last like day or so um has given him like a new insight into mm-hmm. you know like all right we're lucky to be alive we need to do the smart sensible thing and like you know set up camp and all that stuff and it's funny mm-hmm. that like Kate is still kind of in the um fight or flight mode of like we have to go back we have to get jack you know we have to you know what are we gonna do and so um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's kind of an interesting 
smaller character study between those two. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as if Sawyer's time in the cage kind of, as Ben said, go back to your cage. And mm-hmm. it's kind of given him a new wisdom, being close to death and, you know, actually uh, saying I love you to Kate and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, he's gone yeah. through a lot. He's grown up a lot in the last, you know, <laughs> <laughs> last week, uh, yeah. last few few days. Uh, <clears throat> but Kate, on the other hand, she really feels like that she feels terrible about leaving Jack behind for one reason or another. Uh, and it's interesting to sp- explore that too. And you can understand, I love, you can understand it from both characters' perspectives. They do a very good job oh, yeah. of that. Oh. And then we have Carl. Carl is uh, just casually dropping God loves you as he loves Jacob. Um, obviously, something's <laughs> going on. <laughs> He's going to kill you. God loves you as he loves Jacob. But this uh, casual world building they do where um, they have the interaction with Carl where Kate's like, what did you do with the people, with the kids? Gave them a better life, better than what, better than yours. Carl is fully sort of entrenched in this other's perspective. And you clearly see that that's what they, that's how they, they feel like we're better than you. Mm-hmm. And these people are now better than you. You people are, ugh. We don't want to really hang out with you guys. Yep. Um, and that's kind of the other's perspective. So we get in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love the yeah, just the details of like we used to lay out in our backyard and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. people like ours. You know. He, yeah. <laughs> I love how he continues on, and Sawyer's just like, "You guys had backyards." <laughs> I love that. It's just like such an innocent moment of like, wait, what? <laughs> Well, ain't that quaint. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so Carl, Carl's perspective in this episode, especially in this the next scene with him and Sawyer, which I love this mm-hmm. scene. One of those unexpected, just brilliant scenes where Carl's crying in the jungle and Sawyer, once again, we see a kind of a more mature, suddenly a more mature Sawyer a believably mature Sawyer. I don't know why, but it's just something about him saying boys only to Kate. Oh, yeah. It fits. And then, you know, it starts out, of course, with what I think might be my favorite nickname of the uh, whole season oh, yeah. is Bobby. Sure you are, Bobby. Uh, it's just <laughs> That's it's fantastic. Great. Uh, punching him in the shoulder, telling him to cowboy up. But... Sawyer's perspective in this scene kind of, I feel like it mirrors what we see with Jack, um, where he says, you know, he's talking to Carl basically like, this Alex is really special to you, right? This Mm -hmm. Alex is the one you love to talk, the name dumb stars with. She's really special. So then go back and get her. Like Carl is saying, do what Jack would do. Don't do what the others would do, which is he's saying the others would, if I go back, they'll kill me. He's looking out for himself and just like, mm-hmm. I should just stay in line. But he's like, no, Carl, take it, take the bull by the horns, go back in there and do it. Um, and if they kill you, well, at least it will be worth it. Like <laughs> be the, be not the one that is 
not among not one of them basically that's what he's saying here mm-hmm. but connect it with that theme of the episode yeah i i feel like there's also part of this scene that's kind of interesting because it feels like sawyer is kind of saying something to carl uh he's he's projecting a little bit of what he also would like to do but can't mm, yeah. bring himself to do you know because like clearly like the josh holloway does a great job like when he when he's like you know I, i've been with a lot of girls and stuff but then you know that there's there's always this one or whatever mm. the kind that you name dumb stars with and stuff you're like oh he's thinking about kate you know he's thinking about kate um and like he's telling him to like go get her um you know if you really care about her go get her and then you know when he returns to kate and stuff like it's clear that he feels like she does not feel the same way about him and he doesn't know what to do about it sort of thing you know yeah um so it's kind of a cool scene in that respect too of like He's like, hey, Carl, go do the thing that I wish I could do, you know, mm-hmm. um, go, go get her, you know? It's, yeah. That's a really good point. Um, cause yeah, that is, that is the other half of this. Uh, cause we get to the final scenes with him and Kate, mm-hmm. uh, where he comes back and I, I, about that scene. One thing I like about that scene is where he says, what you think I cut him loose because I'm so damn sensitive. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's Sawyer's defense mechanism coming back up. He's still using the Mr. Sawyer persona because I feel like Sawyer is really, he is wounded, like you're saying, because he told Kate he loves her and, mm-hmm. you know, he had the moment with her. And then he watched the, her t- tell Jack the story on the walkie-talkie. And I feel like that's yeah. the moment you're... Th- you're alluding to basically like he realizes that she'll never feel that way for him. Mm -hmm. Ultimately it's Sawyer realizing the one thing he truly wants, he's not getting. Yeah. And he can't get it. And that's where the maturity starts happening. It it, it takes a while. Um, It's kind of like throughout season three and season four where Sawyer kind of goes, battles with this thing of he really wants Kate, but he can't have her. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this moment, he's simply saying, we need to address this, Kate. You're guilty because you really like Jack. Uh, And so don't, don't beat yourself up for it. It's fine. And she's like, I'm not Mm -hmm. beating myself up. Kate's still, Kate's still, (laughs) Kate, Kate is, perpetually between poles you know that's who that's her character she's running she still hasn't overcome that um Mm -hmm. but sawyer is starting to and we see that kind of growing pains here yeah yeah i i like that this you know acknowledges something that we might have not thought too much about you know as viewers but like the 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 fact that for kate you know, like she's been kind of in this whole love triangle, like, you know, mm-hmm. thing between these two guys. And then she sleeps with Sawyer 
and then Jack basically sacrifices himself so that the two of them can be free and now they're free and so like of course she's gonna feel a little bit guilty (laughs) about that sort of thing you know what I mean and I like the fact that they they address it in this way that kind of puts Sawyer in the center of it because he is sad about that you know Mm -hmm. uh and I think that's kind of a I don't know it's a cool way to address this kind of uh, dramatic uh, love triangle moment of you know let's just get it out in the open and now that we've talked through that we can get back to camp you know as, as Sawyer kind of says at the end but yeah I feel like as we look at it like this Kate um, her perspective she's really kind of in a similar state as is Jack because she she also witnessed Jack, you know, obviously sacrifice himself. And she sort of sees that and almost sees that that's the side she wants. Like, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. she wants to have it both ways, but ultimately she sees that and she goes, Oh, that's too good. I don't deserve it. So now I need to go save him basically. And Mm -hmm. Sawyer realizes that she's always going to run after that. She's always going to run after that. She can't like just be with him. Um, yeah. And so Kate's kind of got that curse too, where she, she aspires to something greater, but at the same time, I mean, Sawyer, she likes like skaters for a second. Let's just address this. It's like, it's <laughs> not it, Sawyer isn't bad, right? Sawyer, if mm-hmm. she, she could have stayed and Sawyer is growing and Sawyer is maturing, but uh, it just would never work out between the two of them. Cause she like Jack has always got to run. She's always got her eyes on the horizon, basically, and is looking for mm-hmm. that. What she feels like is her destiny. Kind of. Kind of. but It's complicated. It's complicated, these love triangles, man. But very well done. Very well written. Um, yeah. Anything else on Stranger in a Strange Land? I think that that's all I have. It's a... Uh, it's much better than people make it out to be yeah still probably maybe uh, it's gonna be among my lower rate rated ones for season Mm -hmm. three um but uh you know at the end of the day this is the episode that helped the writers to point to the executives (laughs) and stuff and be like hey this is us on a bad day can we work together and figure out how to so this is this is how they were able to work out their deal for the final three seasons. So I think that's it's funny that like the episode that a lot of people don't like is partially what helped them to like make the show they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. It served a useful purpose, and so we'll always exactly. appreciate it for that, and appreciate yep. it as it on its own for a good character study and had some great scenes and yeah. So there we go. We made it through Stranger in a Strange Land. And now, I know, I can tell, you are so excited, and I am too. This next one we get to talk about is personal favorite, Trisha Tanaka is dead. What a what a I, dour name for an episode, but a great episode. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about the title for sure. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I honestly, for 
once we got into season three, I was kind of counting down the episodes mm. to get to this one. I love it so much. Um, it's always been a among my very top episodes, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, ladies, it's Hurley time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I can't there's wait. so much. It'll be fun, but we'll wait until next time. But for now, thanks as always for talking Lost with me, bro. Always fantastic. Of course, thank you. And thank you as always, everybody, for listening. And until next time, we will see you in another episode, brothers. Bye. Bye.